Hello and welcome to another episode of Sounds Like Comics, the podcast devoted to all things comic books in movies and TV. I'm Luke. And I'm Jay. Welcome to the podcast. Today's topic, Blade Trinity, the third and final installment in the Blade trilogy. It stars Wesley Snipes as Blade, based on the Marvel Comics character of the same name, with a supporting cast of Ryan Reynolds, Jessica Biel, Chris Christopherson, Dominic Purcell, Parker Posey and Triple H in his acting debut. This is your warning. We will be talking spoilers. Yeah, and this, uh, directed by and written by David Goya, um, of, of course, writing Dark Knight trilogy fame uh, and a plethora of other really well-received uh, film and TV projects. Um couldn't find that many of what he had personally directed, but this is following up uh, quite a successful Blade Two by Guillermo del Toro, um, and you know Wesley Snipes coming back. People were we we like to we've talked about this on the podcast when we did our review of the original, but this was almost the unofficial launch of uh, the comic book um, movie. Done well that we're living in now. Started with this, followed up closely by the original X Men, then Spider Man, and then boom, like three in a row. And they're like, "Hey, we can we can do this now." Superhero movies, let's go. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, Blade ninety eight. This came out in two thousand and four. Yeah, we gave, I think we gave fives. Like really glowing review of that first Blade film i have covered blade 2 on here and i've been meaning for the two of us to get together and review this one just to close out the trilogy but this one has so many problems david s goya he'd been there as a writer on all three films directing this one for the first time i'm going to say here early it's the worst one it is the worst one yeah. of the three. There is, yeah. there's many, many problems. Do you know what? That first film, Wesley Snipes was the star of that film. He was also yeah. the star of the second one, more of an ensemble, but he was still the star. Like, there's no dispute in Blade Two, is Snipes' film. This isn't. <laughs> this is not his film. No, they. No. I feel like they were, one of the things we should bring up right here. Night Stalkers. <laughs> Night Stalkers was supposed to be a spin-off film and they put a lot of work into uh making these something that they could build enough to make a spin-off out of. And it does sideline Blade for a large lot. portions of the film. A lot. You know, they actually shot a an alternate ending. It ended up being deleted. I think you could watch it as a special feature, DVD, Blu-ray. It had Abigail and Hannibal fighting a werewolf-vampire hybrid in a casino. That was to set up their own Night Stalkers spin-off feature film. It never, never happened. But what we do get instead of that, though, is the first time in a Blade film, a post credit scene. Did you watch it? I know it's weird that we're talking no, about it at the beginning no, of the I review. No, I what was in there. I did it until today. I watched it, even though I do. I've got the original films on DVD. I've not yep. got Blu-rays. But anyway, I do have them, but it was on Binge. So, oh, okay, I'll watch it. And Binge has a function where you can skip credits. And I'm like, oh, okay. 
I've never gone to the end of the credits before, and I clicked that button. It's just Blade. Just Blade driving. That's it. He's not doing anything That's else. That's it. So it's not even like the end of the first one where he like turns up in Russia. Love like, you know. No, like, but that was the end of the movie. Sort of the same dialogue He's, from the very yeah. start of the movie. But Which was cool. Russia now. But that was the yeah. end of the movie, though. That wasn't a post-credit scene. This is the only one time a post-credit scene. And that's what it is. It's just Blade driving. Huh. Is it's it not too exciting. Or is, it, is it Charger? Um, car. <laughs> is it just a car? car. Was yeah. it a four-wheel drive or the... Oh, stop asking the questions, Jay. It's just, just Blade driving. It's just in a vehicle. and He's driving. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. And that's it, which, of course, went on to be a main mainstay for the Marvel films, starting with Iron Man in 2008. Yeah, but they they were doing it here anyway. I didn't mean for us to start right yeah. at the end. Um, okay, so Blade Trinity grossed 132 million at the box office worldwide on a budget of 65 million, and it received mostly negative reviews from critics mm. for its basic themes, directing, and acting. It is the worst reviewed film in the trilogy. The film was followed by. The 2006 Blade, the series, and also marks Ryan Reynolds' first superhero role, as well as his first collaboration with Marvel. Of course, he went on to be Deadpool, but Marvel regained the film rights to the character in 2012. That Blade series I mentioned, I've not seen it all, but I do have the box set on DVD. It isn't Snipes, it's rapper turned actor. Sticky Fingers, in the title <laughs> role. Jeff Johns, DC mainstay. Jeff Johns is a writer on a lot of the episodes, but David oh. S. Goya is involved. We've got to do it one day. Just yeah, so I've got a reason to, to watch it. I've seen the first episode, and it is definitely stylized around these films, but ends up being a, a very different thing. But with this film... Blade is just pushed to the side because Night Stalkers, we're not just talking about Hannibal and Abigail. There's all the other characters as well. And do you know what? There's some there's some talent in this film. Like we've not mentioned people like Natasha Leon, who is having a lot of success with the poker face TV show. She was Russian doll. Yeah. She's in, you know, she was in the early American Pie films. <laughs> She's also the, the, the main villain in the later films of the Twilight Saga. Ah, right. So not in the first one. She was, that character was recast with Natasha Leone in the later ones. Right. Um, so she I have is... watched them all. So that's <laughs> I how I, saw... I know. Ah, <laughs> oh, one night when it first came out to rent, wife and I watched it, and then we both agreed we should have just rewatched the lost boys instead it was a mistake <laughs> trying twilight but maybe we we're just i don't know too old for it at the time but in this natasha plays summerfield a blind character who has a daughter so it does raise the stakes when when she is in danger Patton oswald as hedges what caught my attention that first viewing which wasn't the cinema i went to the cinema to watch this film First viewing his character wearing a Fantastic Four t-shirt. And at the time thinking, oh, that's cool. Because it was before the MCU. So it was quite yeah. novel, even though 
it didn't mean anything. And I saw online, apparently um, Hannibal wears a Captain America t-shirt at some point. Yeah, and that he hands him a Tomb of Dracula Marvel comic from the 70s. Ah, there you go. I did, um, I did see that. But Patton Oswalt, he's responsible for us knowing about a lot of the problems that was happening behind the scenes. Because the film, it it doesn't work. Like, it really, really... Oh, do you know what? There's oh, things no. to enjoy. And, and I think because yeah. I watched it in 04, and I've seen it many times, and I, again, as recent as today for this review, like I've seen it many, many times. But it, it doesn't all work. It's one of those films where some of the parts are really enjoyable. But then when you hear what Patton Oswalt has had to say, like, have you heard anything that he's had to say over the years? Uh, the only thing I can remember, <laughs> and it, it's hilarious, I, 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 I'd like, I wanted to bring it up for this, is when there's the corpse of Wesley Snipes at the end, which is actually Drake having shape-shifted into that form, um, his eyes were supposed to be closed, but for some reason, Wesley Snipes had a problem like where he wanted uh, his eyes. Was it, his eyes were open, but they wanted him closed, or his eyes were closed and he wanted them open because of something he wanted of like. Well, his eyes are closed in eyes. the film, so he, yeah, so he must yeah. want them open. So that's what it is. Yeah, he well, He's supposed to be a corpse, so his eyes are supposed to be closed, and the director just could not get him to close his eyes so they could shoot it's a few seconds scene it's nothing so they had to digitally paint his eyes closed because he refused to open to to close them for the scene and that was one of many eccentric things that wesley snipes did on the set i heard i think that might have been why the ryan reynolds line earlier on in the movie like and you gotta blink like at some point, I think that might have been an actual like Wesley Snipes was trying not to blink throughout right. the movie, despite the fact he's wearing sunglasses, you can't really see his eyes anyway. Yeah, I think that but might have um, come out. That line, that. that line by Reynolds was an ad lib as well. Reynolds was doing yeah. a lot of that back in 04. I mean, yeah, the thing with um, I'll come back to Patton Oswald, the thing with Brian Reynolds in this, he is in great shape. So, this was. So Van this is Wilder his, like, coming out as like a yes. I can be a leading man. I'm in like leading man shape. So Van Wilder had happened buying the cow with Jerry O'Connell. Like he'd been doing like various teen comedies, and and mm. you know it it was very good in those films. And then it was getting in shape for this film. He gained twenty five pounds of muscle. He did a lot of his own stunts. Like he's in great shape. So this was 04. When they did that remake of the Amateurville Horror in 05, he's in this shape in that film. And I remember it being quite distracting for a dad in a horror film to be in as good a shape. But I guess he'd <laughs> maintained his physique yeah. from this film. But yeah, it was... Um, and they changed his character up as well. In the comics, Hannibal King was a vampire and he was turned by Deacon Frost tying into that yeah. first move. But obviously, yeah. they did it different in the films. Back to Patton Oswald, though, because he had some interesting things to say. 
The production was troubled due to studio interference and that Wesley Snipes appeared to have had some sort of mental breakdown. He refused to speak to David S. Goyer and often would not come out of his trailer. He would only respond to the name Blade. And if he communicated with anyone, it would be via post-it notes. <laughs> and Ryan Reynolds <laughs> went on to corroborate uh, this while promoting the film, saying that Snipes would ignore the entire cast, but he'd only acknowledge them if they called him Blade. And the one time that he did acknowledge Reynolds, he did it by saying, keep your mouth shut, you'll live longer. So I think Stamps was having a hard time. We don't know what was going on. We know some of it from what's being said. But what we do know was happening, which is apparent, Stamps, this was his franchise. He was He was the title character. And they were pushing him out and setting up a spin-off with a younger cast. So I wouldn't like it either, to be honest. No. Um, if he... If they had him show up and do the work that they expected him, which we got out of him in the first two, maybe this film would have come across better and it, it might have performed better, which would have allowed there to be a fourth Blade film starring Wesley Snipes. Uh, although how you one up dracula becomes problematic but that's something they could have figured out in the uh in the pre-production the big one which we've already touched on multiple times david escoria so this was his first directorial uh outing at least no something of this budget well he he directed a film called zigzag it's a film I've not actually seen. That came out in 2002, so two years before this. And Snipes is actually in that film. He's not okay. the star, but he's part of the ensemble. He gets the and was the Snipes credit. So he is in that. Uh, uh, After yeah. this, um, a horror slash thriller film, The Invisible, came out in 07 and then 09. The Unborn, which is a so-so horror film. Since then, um, he's the creator of the sci-fi TV series Foundation. I believe that's Apple TV. Yep. So David S. Goya, like he's gone on to have a career. You were mentioning, you know, some of his credits earlier, and rightly so. You know, the Dark Knight trilogy, Man of Steel. Go back to 1998, the year that he did Blade. He also he also wrote the screenplay for Nick Fury, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., starring David Hasselhoff. And the only yeah. thing I remember, because I have seen that film many years ago, is the film opens with Fury living in a cave. That's it. That's all I remember. <laughs> but, yes, yeah, so David S. Goyas, it's 98. Like, to his credit, he has been doing a lot. But this film, yeah, him and Snipes clearly... Just um, clash. You know, an interesting thing on Snipes, he's got less than 100 sentences in the whole film. That includes one-word sentences. And just to give you an example, like, so less than 100 sentences in this film. When he says to the baby, coochie-coo, that counts as a sentence. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he is not in this film much and disappointed for him 
as of 2012, and I'm sure that'll carry over into this year, this film was his last lead role in a major theatrical film. Now, we do know that he was in prison for a time. Since coming out, yeah, well, I wasn't going to get into it, but yes, <laughs> we all know. He was in The Expendables 3, an ensemble. Of course, he's not the star, so that point just stand. He's great in that. And he's even yeah, asked at the opening of that film, and somebody asked him, what were you inside for? And his character quips, tax evasion. So, he, yeah. you know, he's okay. He's, um, he's moved on. But this film, 2004, was his last starring theatrical role. Yeah. Um, I'm not surprised. You have the legal woes he suffered for one thing, which takes him off the table, period, because um, he's not physically able to star in a role. But also, by the time he gets out, he's tainted by the fact that he went to prison, and he also hasn't starred in a hit theatrical um movie for long enough that people start questioning whether there's a reason and if, if this was his big last role the knowing on the, the behind the scenes stuff which Pat Nelson as you mentioned was very verbal about all the stuff that happened that again that's not a good look we we're talking earlier about Ray Fisher who played Cyborg in Justice League it's the same thing as much as it sucks in order to secure another job, what you cannot do is start bag-mouthing the uh, decision-makers at studios in public because it starts to put off other suit-makers in other studios of, like, is were they actually that bad or are you unhappy uh, and you're a troublemaker. They won't know until they see the movie, but when they that stuff comes out first, they're like, oh, we won't take a risk with this guy. It yeah. doesn't seem good. And Wesley Snipes has put himself out there. I'm sure he's still capable, um, but he's not the uh, proven commodity he was back in 2004. In the uh, 90s, early noughties... Yeah, I mean, he was huge. Yeah, from like the late 80s up until this, he was like constantly putting out things. And not just from... action, drama. Yeah. Like, you know, he was, he, he wasn't, is like a really good actor. Yeah. But yeah, unfortunately, uh, modern times, things have just not, not gone his way. But in this film, though, he looks like he did in that first Blade film. Looks like Blade, moves like Blade. Yeah. He's got the attitude, yeah. you know, it's it's all there. It's just unfortunately, he's wasted in this film. He's absolutely wasted. And the introduction, the new characters, mainly Ryan Reynolds as Hannibal King. And I was a fan of Reynolds at the time for the things I'd seen him in. You know, going back to Two Guys, a Girl in a Pizza Place. I was a yeah, fan same. of his comedies. I'm like, okay, cool. Now he's doing something, I'm saying a bit more serious, but, you know, not just comedy, but action. I'm like, this is pretty cool. So I was watching it for him. Jessica Biel, like she'd done the uh, remake of Texas Chainsaw Massacre maybe the year before this. Abigail yeah, Whistler, the was... daughter, you know, and she's, the thing with her character though, fine. Apparently there was supposed to be a sex scene between her character and Blade. You don't need it. And that just gets weird yeah. because 
Yeah, because she's the Whistler, daughter of like, Whistler. Yeah, and he's father like figure, a father, like, mentor. Yeah. So that's the end of the film. I'm glad for that. But they they have to give, you know, characters like these interesting traits. Like, okay, so she's not just going to go into battle. And I've always hated it from that first viewing, today's viewing. Her whole thing is that she's got a playlist. She puts in the headphones. Yeah, yeah, but this, I know, but it's sort of like you know, she's cool, and but yeah. it is. But it's the whole thing where she turns the music up loud, and then she's like this great fighter, and it's like, no, no, come on, come on, come on. You need to hear what's around you. You need to be yeah. aware Situational of your surroundings. <laughs> exactly right. So it always bothered me because, I mean, the thing with Hannibal, like he was a vampire, but now he's not. Oh no, he was a familiar, yeah. wasn't he? No, no, he was a vampire. Oh, that's right. Yeah, but, him. That's right. Honestly, I did watch it again today. But yeah, so they cured him and he's still got the mark. Oh, bloody. Yes, anyway, Abigail, for the most part, she's fine. We need to talk. I'm refusing to talk about Dracula yet. We'll we'll get to him. Yeah. Parker Posey, she was having a bit of a moment, wasn't she? So she's somebody who I associated with indie comedies. You know, yeah. she's in a few like Christopher Guest films, and that's pretty much where. I knew her from, and then all of a sudden, oh four, here she is, a villain, and then Warner Brothers, oh six, she's in Superman Returns as a villain. It's ah, like, oh, this is a bit different from her, and I guess she tried it, and she's left it behind. She's gone back to what she was doing before, but her her character in this, I I don't know. I like her. All the villains, the actress, all the villains all- are chewing the scenery. Um, she's just chewing it like and leaving very little for the rest to chew on. Yeah, um, although Triple H, Triple H is have a go. <laughs> yeah, but he is just the muscle. He doesn't have a lot to do, and he's doing the best he can. But she's chewing so much of the scenery; it doesn't leave. You know, I think we brought up before. When it comes to acting, if you have someone going big in a scene and they're your scene partner, you have to go small to balance it. Yep. So her going as big as she is, it doesn't leave a lot left for everyone else. Um, and he's doing the physical stuff great because that's his bread and butter. He's Triple H, for crying out loud. Um, but also the dialogue is very like cheesy, um, maybe with being the director. There wasn't as much uh, objective looking at the the dialogue being delivered of like, um, you know what, I might change that. That doesn't sound right coming out of someone's face. The the dialogue like tweaked is, that a little bit. It's sometimes it's, it's fine. Sometimes it's like they actually say that. Like it, I feel like they need to wink at the camera with that one yeah. being so cheesy as it is. There's a there's a bunch of that stuff, and some of the directing for the action scenes as well. Um, is questionable, especially where they required um, some post uh, process, some post production CGI or something, or wire work maybe with the um, some un- unnecessarily close. The editing I want to bring up, especially that last sequence um, where Triple H is fighting uh, Ryan Reynolds, and then Parker Posey's fighting right now, Ryan Reynolds while blades fighting dracula and abigail is trying to get a shot with the bow with the bow because she uses a bow instead of bullets for some reason um onto dracula like 
there's a lot of chopping from one to the next and it made it quite hard to follow the the layout of it yeah like, and that, that's get beat. yeah that's the directing the editing and, and that was yeah yeah we've we've already talked about Goya's credits already but if you look at the difference now you know how much i love batman begins and we gave that i think we both gave it five out of five a lot of love for that film the dark yeah. knight is incredible like everybody loves the dark knight but there's a big difference between the fight scenes from that first movie to the dark knight and it's that when nolan is shooting the fight scenes the edits aren't as quick and you're not as close. He's able to pull back and show you what's happening where he's, he just seemed in the Batman Begins, although, again, I love that movie so much. A lot of the action is buried in the edits. And you're getting yeah, and that. You're getting that here. Break up, yeah, the whole, like, oh, he comes in fast and, like, people aren't sure what they saw because it happened so rapidly. Yeah, and that's... This is this is a hangover from the Bourne movies. They were one of the first ones to popularize or popularize snappy editing for fight sequences to add energy that might otherwise not have been there but that really works for those films yeah the problem with is it it makes it hard to follow as someone watching casually like oh wait we're back to here they're still fighting wait what's what area are they in you you lose an idea of like what the stakes are um in terms of who has the upper hand, who has the momentum in that part of a fight for a fight for the the choreography. Um, when it's so close and choppy, you don't actually see what's landing. Um, and the story of the fight gets taken away and it's stripped down to just, oh, it's just flashy. It's just like chop, chop, chop with sword, like flippy, throw him over here, you throw back. And yeah, you, you don't get to, as I said, you can't tell if anyone's got an upper hand or not, because it's been chopped to, to the point where you can't see who threw what punch. Um, and yeah, the Dark Knight fixed that, but that's very much the style of which had come out at the time, which it definitely suffers from, as long as the music. Jessica Biel, she goes to pull a bow to shoot around a corner and she unzips the sleeves of a jacket. <laughs> Why? Looks Every cool. time I watch it, I forget. <laughs> and then she does it. And I'm like, really? Really? Like, she doesn't take a jacket off. It's not like the sleeves are removable. No, no, no. She unzips them. It's always stuck in out from the very first time I saw her. And this time again, I'm like, really? Sure. She can shoot a bow with a jacket on. Like, how much? Like, it. It doesn't make any sense to me. Also, it just looks weird when she's now walking around with the sleevey things flapping. <laughs> it just it, it all it's it always bothers me. And there's a it bunch was a of that design stuff. choice. It's a design choice, and it's very two thousands. The music's very two thousands. Not quite rap. Not quite club. Not quite like um, dubstep. It's some weird mishmashy version of all that they like. Which ones the kids into? Oh, or cut these three, smush them together, and let's see what we've got. Well, do you and... know what though? This soundtrack peaked at sixty-eight on the top R and B hip hop albums and fifteen on the top soundtracks of two thousand and four. Well, the... So there you the go. <laughs> Rizza was one of the people, one of the music uh, 
on one half of the music duo, obviously doing that sort of stuff. Uh, and the other one was Raman Jawadi, uh, who actually has great credits under his name from Game of Thrones to Westworld and a lot of other Iron high Man. quality. Uh, yeah. This Did is Iron Man the first who, one? Yeah. Who was a good get, but they didn't trust him because it was the 2000s and they wanted more, more um, pop music feel. And they used, they leaned in on the, on the RZA. I'm like, uh, I mean, he's a comic book fan and he's definitely talented at coming up with beats. It just, that's one of the things that dates this so much, I think. All that 2000s style, what the people are wearing, kind of jokes, the editing choices, and the music choices. Well, it's still like, very Matrix, Underworld, Blade has that look. You know, at one time, I mean, this movie, of course, didn't do as well as the first two, but at the time, there was talks of a potential Underworld Blade crossover. Kate Beckinsale as Selena. The worlds visually would have meshed together well. But then, yeah. of course, Marvel got the rights back. We're, you know, we're going to get that new film eventually with Mishala Ali as Blade. But apparently he's having issues with the script. So I'm not quite sure what's happening there. You know, going back to this script... At one time, Stephen S. Norrington considered returning to direct. Of course, he did that first film, but he changed his mind. Do you know why? He read the script <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> nope, <laughs> I am yeah. not going to do this film. And then you've got uh, Triple H, this being his first acting role outside of WWE. Well, he impressed the producers with his work ethic and camera presence. Uh, New Line insisted that extra lines be written in the scripts to make his role bigger. So, so there you go. So he impressed the right people. Let's um, let's do it. Let's talk Dracula. He's the main villain in this film. Dominic Purcell, before this, he was the older brother from Prison Break. I think that's yeah. what most people knew him from he later went and to the, play yeah. Heatwave in Legends of Tomorrow and Arrowverse and all of that. There's things that I dislike about this film, and I think we've we've mentioned some of them already. Do you know what the main? I'm gonna go as far as saying, hey, do you know what I hate about this film? I'm Dracula go because deciding to go by the name Drake. I've always <laughs> hated that. Honestly, it has annoyed me. Since 2004. Yeah. Um, the, what I didn't think you'd pick that over the issues with Dracula. I thought it would have been the weird insectoid reptilian, like true look of Dracula. That has always bugged me. I'm like, the shape shifting, I'm like, ah, I get it. Like, they, it's uh, an idea of something he could do. And they're trying to grind it, uh, ground it in somewhat in reality. X Men had come out by now, and you'd had her like folding. Oh, yeah, mistake. Looks better. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I don't think you need to do the thing where he like screams and it's like trying to like CGI 2004 CGI distorting his face of like there's something in underneath there. Um, I think you could have just had him be a. A, more a bit more traditional Dracula 
like if he's gonna shape shift, maybe do a thing where he's like, I don't know, bending light or maybe that's your that's what you're saying. More traditional. That's I mean, the call and the guy Drake. They're not looking to be traditional. (laughs) It's like, hey, this is the modern modern clothes. It's the modern the 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 white shirt open with all the necklaces and the rings and stuff. With the okay, I get that again. Yeah, two thousand four. It is, but it's when he's got all the weird bony protrusions. Like he looks like a cartoonish demon. Yeah, but when you say insect, you know the way the mouth opens, it it did remind me of Blade Two. Yeah. the main bad guy in that. And then yeah. when they are experimenting on the Pomeranian, like Triple H's dogs, and that's how yeah. their mouths open as well. So I can kind of see where they're going there. But just as the main villain of this, Drake, I thought was just shocking. The only thing that I liked involving his character is that he finally realized that, okay, so the future of vampires is you, Blade. So I'm going to do something for you. And that's where I, Snipes was on the table refusing to open or close his eyes because Drake yeah. shapeshift into Blade and then the authorities. And what's interesting about this, the authorities are hunting Blade. That was kind of cool, but they didn't do too much with it. And then just yeah, in and out of the movie, you've yeah. got James Remar as an FBI agent. Hey, Blade. And then it's kind of like they don't really... They don't really do anything with it, but he's left to be played at the end and he goes off and, well, it doesn't go anywhere, does it? We get that post-credit no. scene where he's driving a vehicle. We don't know what, yeah. what vehicle it is. But the movie just just ends and and that's um, and that's it. And on that, Jay, yeah. if you're going to rate Blade Trinity out of five. I'm going to come in a probably a three. It's not it's a definite step down from the other two. The first one's brilliant and it's it has a lot of nostalgia for me. The second one, although I've never quite liked that Guillermo del Toro like opening the face vampire thing, the direction was amazing. It looked great. It was something different. And he and again, the characters they introduced, the vampires who were supposed to be hunting Blade now have to hunt the like other vampire. It all worked. And you had Ron Perlman. Um, it was really well put together. This one, I, I like. I always liked Ryan Reynolds. I still like Ryan Reynolds. I like Jessica Biel. I think that she's she she kept getting roles similar to this at the time, trying to break into something. She did this and she did stealth and a couple of other things of that nature, and just couldn't quite get in on what she wanted to do. She was supposed to be Catwoman in the Dark Knight trilogy and lost out to Anne Hathaway. And that apparently happened to her on like four or five different projects. Yeah, all of them were that. going to Anne Hathaway. You know, um, I I like, sorry, I, I know you're giving your rating. I liked Stealth. There's a gag at the end of that film, Top Gun 2 coming soon. Yeah. It, all these years later, Top Gun Maverick. Sorry, continue yeah. with your rating. Yeah. Um, and there's, there's, there's a call here that it should work. It's those, one of those things of like, given your writer, given um, Wesley Snipes and Ryan Reynolds and these people, it sh- they should be there. It just falls over on execution. They're trying too hard. The, 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 the ruining this movie to push a sequel spin-off thing 
which are the movies that to this day they still make this error. But unfortunately, there's just it. It's not so bad that it. it I wouldn't recommend a speak, especially if you're going through all all the Blade stuff, um, anticipation for that Mashal Ali film that hopefully will eventually materialize. <laughs> yeah. But I still, I still enjoy it. I still, I'm never not going to be a Wesley Snipes fan as well. I think that's one of the big things. He's yeah, he's played. He's Blade will always be this. They will never do another version of Blade that doesn't have a strong um, genesis in this version of Blade. Uh, and for that, yeah, three out of five. Where are you about yourself? Yeah, I mean that first Blade film I watched on VHS. So it came out in. 1998 in the uk that was a certificate 18 so i wasn't old enough to watch it at the movies and then blade 2 came out and i was in college so watched that at the cinema anticipating this movie watch this one at the cinema as well and this was the noughties at marvel you know before iron man 3 in 2008 marvel was a very different thing so you know we're getting like ghost rider x-men punisher films and Blade films, you know, going back to 98. And, yeah, I do have a soft spot for this film. You know, I've seen it many times. It is, it's not the best. It is definitely not the best Blade film. But there's things that I always find to enjoy. Was it Michael, is it Michael John Higgins? The um, the yeah. comedy yeah. actor? I mean, he's in this. Like, he's fun. There's so much to like about parts of this film, but. As a whole, it does fall short, but absolutely going to recommend this one. And like you, come in at a three out of five. Well, that's it for our episode all about Blade Trinity. If you'd like to contact us about this episode or suggest a topic for an upcoming episode, you can find us on Facebook at Sounds Like Comics Podcast. You've been listening to Luke and Jay, the guys from Sounds Like Comics. See you soon.